0: south of the six podcast bringing you the latest on your toronto raptors now here are your hosts connor chambers and adam corsair is is this thing on it is on okay i didn't want to be muted like last time uh welcome back everyone for another episode of the south of the six podcast i am your co-host connor chambers also joining me mr adam corsair what up um I love the music here, by the way.
1: Dude, it's so chill. Awesome. Yeah, man.
0: And as you know, the deal around here, we are part of the Stadium TV network. Uh, it's usually Adam saying it. It's me saying it now. Taking turns back and forth. But, um, Look, Adam, it's the greatest time of the year. October I mean, yeah. is the best month of sports on the calendar.
1: Oh, I thought you were talking about the pumpkining oh
0: (laughs) i mean it's a bonus for you it's a hatred for me
1: i mean it's it's permitted now right
0: yeah you're allowed but the the, when when it was september 1st i was not down for that like i didn't want to see you were on twitter Uh you were spamming me with that what do you do you do you got the pumpkin in the beard right now you got the the little like what do you want to use a lotion what do you got? Lotion oils nah, in, your, in your beard? It's be- what do you it's got?
1: Beard butter. Beard butter. Yeah. That sounds gross.
0: Was it edible? No. No, uh, well this is butter. Yeah,
1: it's it's basically <laughs> just a bunch of oils and conditioners.
0: It's basically a leave in conditioner for your beard. Well, look, I, I mean, as you can see, the viewer, the listeners can't see. But as you can see, Adam, I definitely need that for my beard.
1: Are you gonna grow it out? No. Are you allowed I get, to? I,
0: I can't I can't maintain it. Like if I if I look to grow it out, it gets really like curly and scraggly and yeah. I like a clean look. Mm. So I still like having it around. Uh, I, I try to grow one like our buddy Rich Burfer. He, he grows a beard? <laughs> Low-key, he just shaves all the time, man. He tells us he's got the best beard out of the three of us, but what do I know, right? Um, October season, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Uh, hoodie season oh, yeah. right now. The The temps are changing. The moods are changing. The, the, the winter sports are coming in. I was going to say the fall sports, but the winter sports are coming in. The summer sports are ending. We got Blue Jays playoffs right around the corner. I'm sure most of our listeners that paying attention the raptors no it's you know what the the focus of the city may not really be on the raptors yet but that's okay because we're paying attention right
1: well let me ask you as the resident torontonian here uh Mm -hmm. which by the way side note you speaking of colder weather in the winter did i read this correctly on twitter ontario is getting the first snowfall this
0: week uh I heard this on the radio today. Okay, but you can't uh, confirm um, or deny. Well, the northern, the northern cities in Ontario are getting hit with like a wet snowfall. I don't know if that's going to reach Toronto, but uh, from what I understood, it's going to be like the northern cities are going to get hit with it. It's been around the in the mornings, at least. I'm talking mornings, like six, seven a.m. It's been around freezing temperatures or just slightly above. So, it wouldn't surprise me if we wake up one day and we see like a little bit of white on the ground, just a little bit. But
1: no, nah, I feel you. Um, I hope not for your sake because I fall is not the best either. season of the year. But um, what I was going to say is, as the resident Torontonian, you know, I know you're a Leafs fan.
0: Um, unfortunately
1: people, well. I mean, depending on who you ask, but are, are people geared up for Jays playoffs this year and Raptors start of the season um, more than the start of the Leafs season? I know that's a tough ask because, you know, the Leafs will, I feel like, always be number one in Toronto. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there, but um, it, there doesn't seem to be a lot of hype around Blue Jays playoffs and or Raptors start of the regular season in comparison to you know, the normal welcome to hockey season.
0: Yeah. Um, I I think that there's been this level of predictability with the Leafs lately. And it's very reminiscent to me of what the Raptors went through before they got Kawhi Leonard, where they would reach and with the, with the Leafs it's the first round, they get to the first round of the playoffs. They face an opponent to be fair for the, for most of the time that is like a really good opponent and they end up losing. Hmm. There's been a couple times where they should have won, uh, and they didn't, but it's been their MO for the last like five years. So I think people are kind of sitting there and going, Well, the regular season, regular season, that doesn't really matter to us, the the talents there to get to the playoffs. We just need to win a fucking round. <laughs> like we need we need to win a round. So I, I think that people are holding back on their excitement for now. Um, still like excited to to see the team play, but it's it's so, like, yeah, it's the start of the season, whatever. Um, with the Raptors, they're still such a young team, and I don't know if there's that level of championship aspiration yet from mm-hmm. the general public where the, where people are sitting there going, well, the Raps will be in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals or something, right? So they like the Scotty Barnes and stuff, but I think that the Jays are still the focal point, as they should be, uh, of Toronto right now I think that if you're going to talk anyone in the in the sports scene it's it's the Jays right now having the home field advantage yeah. right now for yeah. the first round of the, of the wild card series is massive because for those young players especially we're talking like the bows and the Vlads and the Alec Manolas of the group having them in that stadium when it's rocking like that is mm-hmm. going to be incredible so People understand what Toronto's like when the Blue Jays are in the playoffs and the atmosphere in the crowds. I know I, I heard that the 500s right now are going for like 180 bucks a ticket. Jesus Christ. So yeah, the the wallets are opening up. It's post-COVID world, you know. Um, I saw, to be fair, today, I did see the roof open. Oh, wow. I did see the roof open today. So I don't know if that means we're going to get Um, open air fall ball because you and I both know when the playoffs come around, they close the roof. It can be a beautiful day. It can be 20. I'm talking Celsius right now. It can be 20 degrees and sunny and which is probably 70, 75 for you guys and and they'll close it as they should. Yeah. I they had the roof open today. I don't know if that's an indicator of anything, but that's what I saw. So
1: I mean, they're away. They're in Baltimore right now. So yes.
0: um,
1: it's maybe it's to test things or, I don't know. Uh, exactly. It could be just routine. But, yeah, man, I I, I look at what's going on in Toronto sports. I, I look at what's going on in the sports world right now. And, you know, Blue Jays in the playoffs, Raptors preseason. I, I got really excited watching this preseason game um, against a really, really bad Utah Jazz team.
0: Come on, man. They're just underrated. Okay. They're
1: so bad. Um, They're so shit. And I don't know anything about hockey. So I, I would assume that the Leafs are perennial playoff teams that get eliminated in mm-hmm. the first round, just based on what you said. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's a really cool time to be a Toronto sports fan. And, uh, you know, Raptors notwithstanding here, they are exciting. And the one thing that I've noticed watching that game on Sunday was, you know, you examine the East and I know we're going to unpack a lot of things in this episode, but mm-hmm. you know, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nets to a degree, the Sixers, even now the Cavs, it is really, really hard in comparison to the West to pick a team and say, that's the team that's going to the finals in the Eastern Conference.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost like the East and West flip the West of like five, six, seven years ago. Right. Or, or even I'm talking probably before Golden State where you could look and and look through it and say you there's a lot of really good teams out here in the West. Right. Right. The West was the strong conference for a very long time. And now it's the other way around. Now it's East. But that's what happens when, you know, teams are worse off in one conference and they start building up through the draft and you get good cities in both in both conferences and that's it but as adam alluded to look we have a jam-packed agenda today um topics that we're going to talk about pascal siakam scotty barnes uh your boy precious we're going to talk about him a little bit shea Gilgis alexander uh and we'll sprinkle a little bit of Otto porter jr in at the end but um and then anything else you may want to cover but sure let's start with pascal because i think that if the raptors want to be successful Pascal Siakam, as as he's typically done for most of his career, has to take another leap, right? And maybe one or two, one, potentially two years withstanding, he hasn't really done that to the degree that he needs to, but I think last year we saw a progression with Pascal Siakam in comparison to his previous year, for sure. Especially the it, bubble. Yes, yes, yeah, especially the bubble. So Siakam, obviously, he was recently quoted as saying he wants to be a top five player player in the league that's that's a lot like that is really difficult so my question to you can he get there and if so when's it gonna happen like is it gonna be this season is it gonna be next season is it gonna be in two three years like like when when do you think that this would happen if he can get there and if not why wouldn't he
1: a lot of Raptors fans are gonna be upset (laughs) a top five player is a tall ask right off mm-hmm. the top of my head that mm-hmm. I think without controversy that I think are better players than Pascal you got to put Giannis got to mm-hmm. put Luka mm-hmm. Jokic, Jha, Jokic Embiid. LeBron Embiid. LeBron yeah so that's six because I put Ja on that list Jha, too. yeah um that's six players if do you he's have Jason go-
0: Tatum ahead of Pascal? I think I do. I do too.
1: Begrudgedly, I think I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to usurp any of those seven, but if I'm going to pick one, uh, maybe... Uh, Embiid had a really good year last year. It's Ted. tough. Uh, unless you're banking on some sort of decline from LeBron, which, again, is a tall ask. I don't know, I I just, it's
0: not a... We're also forgetting, we haven't even mentioned Kawhi Leonard.
1: Haven't mentioned Kawhi, haven't mentioned Devin. Nope. Um, Yeah, it's tough. I think maybe if you say top five in the conference, now we can maybe find a little bit more wiggle room in there. Sure. But in the entire NBA, I don't think he'll get there, and that's not... A commentary on his abilities it's just a commentary more on those that we're putting in that category mm-hmm. and do i think he can take a leap you know with the commentary from nick nurse about how they're going to scale he's going to scale back him and fred's minutes i don't know that he's going to be able to i don't know that he's going to get the opportunities. i mean he's going to be the focal point of the offense but in terms of w- What else is on the team in terms of sharing the ball with a Scotty Barnes, sharing the ball with a Fred Van Vliet, inevitably? Um, You know, maybe um, Precious, as you said, takes that extra step, and he's going to get more touches and opportunities. It might be more of a collaborative team effort that puts this team over the top rather than counting on just one guy to be the guy for the team.
0: I think that's always how it's been post-Kawhi. Yes. Right, like, and so, so I think that that makes sense. I think it's really difficult with the DNA of this team. I'm, I'm piggybacking off your point. I think it's really difficult with the DNA of this team to be a top five player in the league. I think this team is built as a team with the nucleus and, and the way that the vision of Masai and Bobby Webster and Nick Nurse and the entire crew have sort of formulated this and the structure and the way that they play. I think it's really difficult to sit there and say that Pascal can be a top five player in the league. We we just named like seven off the top of our heads, and you know we're, we'll probably go back to this, and people might listen to it and be like, "You completely forgot about this guy," Durant. right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's gonna it's gonna happen, right? It, I mean, yeah. you you can look and, and look and see like you know guys like Rudy Gobert getting traded for 18 million first round picks. Someone's like, "Well, oh, he's better." Yeah, well, maybe, maybe, but you know. um Look, I, I think that it's really encouraging to see him have these goals. I think if you don't have these goals as a competitor, as a player, you're doing yourself a disservice. So from that standpoint, I applaud Pascal Siakam for wanting to achieve these milestones. His his teammates, you know, uh, uh, publicly they believe, like Fred Van Vliet has come out and he said, like, we can get him there. And I mean, that's what a good teammate should do. Is it going to happen? No. Um, but I do expect Pascal Siakam to take another take another leap this year, especially all the things that we've heard coming from camp that he's put in the work. We that that he's coming in as a workhorse. He's he's the first guy in the gym. He's the last guy out of the gym. Like things like that matter. And he's hungry. And I think he's looking to. Prove to people that, you know, his down year was just a fluke year. And he had a lot of stuff going on with himself and with his body and and externally. And that he's the real deal in this league. And that hunger for me as a fan is great to see. I think if he were ever to get there, it might be in two to three years. But that's just me. Is it too late by then? No, because... like do you mean do you mean for him in terms of his peak like mm-hmm. personally yeah yeah no the reason why i don't think so is because he started playing so late okay whereas i think that his progression and his peak is a little bit different compared to most basketball players where he still has the ability to learn certain things because he didn't have that opportunity beforehand or that experience beforehand whereas he's able to grow like Father time will always remain undefeated and and the body clock the body clock is the body clock. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the basketball IQ and the mental aspect of it, I think he can still grow a lot and that will help him in his game. So that's why I think his peak can extend or like start later for him just because of all those like attributes that I mentioned.
1: Yeah, that and he hasn't suffered any really really bad injuries. Mm-hmm. That you have to, you know, sort of call to mind or keep in the back of the of your head, you know, and worry about for future seasons. Um, he's he's been very versatile and durable. Um, you know, I, again, I I block Tampa out of my memory always, <laughs> but um, you know, more to the point of it being a team effort, there's going to be a lot of sharing of the ball this year, right? So, again, we're we're expecting a leap talking about leaps we're expecting a leap from scotty barnes um justifiably so um even if it's just an incremental one because he was so phenomenal last year um he's gonna want to get his touches again precious again gary trent is on pretty much a contract year uh he's gonna want to show that he's worth big money he's gonna want to get his touches you know we talked on about fred Coloco is in the conversation now um you know, don't forget about Boucher. Boucher seems to be an afterthought and he was just extended. So yeah. he's going to get, it's going to be really hard for someone to dominate on this team. And again, it, it sounds like I'm saying something negative. I'm not like, this is really, really good to have this depth and to have the ability not to rely just on one guy. If something is to happen to Pascal knock on deck desk, that doesn't happen. The team doesn't collapse. Um, Maybe it takes a step back or two, but it doesn't collapse, collapse, and they can still compete. So in that regard, I think we're in agreement. I don't think he's going to be top five in the NBA. Top five in the Eastern Conference is a little bit more within reach, but even then, we can maybe think of five players that are better than him.
0: Maybe? Sure. Maybe? Sure. Yeah, you you definitely can. I mean, you think about, like we said, we, we mentioned Giannis, and are two guys that come to mind for me tatum uh tatum kd um who else kd kd yeah i almost forgot that he was still on brooklyn (laughs) um butler i thought about him but i don't know i i you you know i'm not the biggest butler fan i know you appreciate him a little bit more
1: He's but just a killer. You look at
0: a guy like like Trey Young potentially. I know it's a very different position. Yeah. Um, but some some may some may have him higher than Pascal. Uh, I'm just trying to think of guys that you know might be might be higher in that regard, five. but maybe he is. I
1: mm-hmm. mean, I don't do you put Mitchell in front of him? It's tough now that he's in the East.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, I, I thought about him, but I think that, like if we were to do a tier list, he's probably in the same tier, okay, yeah, I don't know, I don't know if I would have him higher or lower, but
1: uh, I'm just throwing out names now, just for the sake of it, Levine, yep. hmm, Levine
0: Hmm. not
1: not uh, yet, yeah. Debo, no. I didn't think so. He just had a really good start to the year last year. Yes, he did. Um, I'm, a D,
0: I'm a Debo fan. I'm staring, I'm staring at a signed basketball of his right now. Yeah. Love Debo, but no. Kyrie? No.
1: Is that more of an attitude thing, or is that you it's really? A,
0: it's an overall thing Okay. With him. All right. That okay. guy's a bum.
1: Yeah. All right. All right. So, there you go. So, top five in the East is within reach for Pascal. I-
0: i think so like if he if he progresses to how we expect him to progress top five in the east can be attainable Mm -hmm. i i don't i don't want to slight that because i think that that's something that's attainable but if you look in the west you got like luca jaw lebron there's there that's just steph Steph curry (laughs) like we didn't we didn't mention steph curry
1: yeah yeah it's true that's
0: that's the name that's that's why i'm like someone's gonna look back and be like you guys are stupid and clay we didn't even mention steph curry
1: and clay and clay
0: and pg well, Clay Clay, I would have I would have Pascal over Clay. Clay okay. is falling off a cliff a bit.
1: All right. All right. But Oh, would you have PG? him over Harden? Yeah. Okay.
0: Until Harden shows me that he can regain form, I think he's going down a slippery slope. Okay. All right. All right. But look, I thought consensus, top five player. Well, consensus is that he could reach top five player in the East. Top five player in the league, tough. I don't even know if he cracks top ten right now.
1: He's so. definitely top 10 in the East. In the East? Yes. In the 100%. league?
0: No. No. Um, okay, moving on to another name you mentioned. We, we discussed uh, Scotty Barnes quite a length because obviously, if you're to be a top five player in the, in the league, you kind of have to be the number one option. You got to be the guy, but you also still have to have a good team around you as well too and stuff like that. Scotty Barnes is going into his sophomore season coming off a Rookie of the Year campaign. Now... For those that aren't a hundred percent familiar with Scotty Barnes or forgot what he had averaged last year from Statline's perspective, he shot he had 15.3 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists, shot almost 50% from the field, 30% from three, 73% from the line, effective field goal percentage of 52. Uh not to mention, he's a really good defender. That's what his ML was coming into the year, and the knock on him was that he couldn't score, and he showed everyone that nobody knows how to scout besides the Raptors. My question to you, Mr. Adam Corsair, knowing that we... we Obviously, our expectations of Scotty Barnes last year, he exceeded them quite a bit. Winning Rookie of the Year is incredible for someone who we were talking as potentially even the fifth best player in that draft because people were... It, admittedly, maybe me too. Had Jalen Suggs same over over Scotty Barnes, and that's just because I think I lean too much on the industry professionals, quote unquote. <laughs> but I think now he's got some elevated expectations. But going into year two, what do you expect from Scotty Barnes? Here is it is it a sophomore slump for Scotty? Is it a even growth in terms of like? We're we're not in exponential territory yet. It's kind of just that, you know, maybe he gets up to eighteen points per game. Like like he's he's incrementally creeping up. He's got you know maybe eight eight and a half rebounds, four and a half assists. Shoots a little bit more efficiently from the field. Um, still plays that level of defense that we're looking for. Um, you can you can tell me from an eye test perspective, from a stats perspective, um, whatever you want to do to justify your position. What do you expect of Scotty coming into the season?
1: More of the same, but just incremental small improvements. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't need him to be a world beater. That doesn't mean I wouldn't invite it. I just, again, yeah, what we're talking about with this team before, I don't know that anybody can be a world beater because of the opportunities and the... um, The touches that everyone's going to command um i would like to see him work on his handles a little bit um same thing that it was a similar worry that i had with pascal when he was starting to you know drive into the lane a little bit and he would finesse it or try to i didn't trust the handles i still don't trust it as much um as someone like i don't know a fred um or a gary but when it comes to Scotty, I need—I'd rather see a little bit more posting opportunities, and stay. i, I don't know what was the average three-point attempts that he had last year. Two.
0: I'm gonna pull it up right now. Um, he averaged two point six attempts from three last year.
1: Stay around there. I don't need an increased three-point attempt from him. Um, and maybe even do a little less because I—I I, I just think he's a body and he's so aggressive and so relentless that his presence underneath and just posting up I think is going to be invaluable. Mm -hmm. Um, So just small improvements. I have no problem with his um, rebounding ability. I have no problem with his defensive ability especially. I have no problem um, with his short little jump, mid-range jump shots just make more of them I guess you know that's all you really need to do just play your game and get you'll inevitably get better at it Mm
0: -hmm. yeah I I, I think so I think that you know I think people need to understand that he's if you're expecting someone like a Scotty Barnes to come out here and win like most improved player don't (laughs) it's not it's not gonna happen Um, I think for me I'm, I'm similar to you I would expect I think I'm expecting probably a little bit more than what you are in terms of a leap. But to say he's going to get up to 20 plus points a night and close to 10, like averaging almost a double double in like points and rebounds and like five assists and stuff with effective field goal percentage of like, you know, 55 to 58. It's probably really difficult, right? Yeah. Um, I know his his 2022 2023 projection per 36 minutes They're expecting him to be at, from basketball reference, 16.1 points, 7.8 rebounds, 3.6 assists, shooting 50% from the field, 32% from three, 74.8% from the the line. So it's basically the same. Um, The slightest of increases with a little bit more efficiency. Is that due to a stronger team? around him maybe and that might take into account the projection but i think that nick nurse Masai, and like the the coaching staff and and the management understand what they have in scotty barnes which is a talent and he may not be the number one option on this team nor should anybody expect him to be yet but maybe there's another player too in the playbook that opens up more opportunities for Scotty Barnes, gives them that opportunity to build that confidence to say, yeah, I can be this guy. Like I, I can I can be I can be a guy to be counted on when it matters in the last possession. Pascal's fouled out or, you know, Fred Van Vliet doesn't have the ball or whatever. Maybe they put me at point guard. Maybe I'm that guy. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm telling everyone to get the fuck out of my way yeah. with with the shot clock the matching the game clock and clear the lane. And I'm going to take this guy right down to the post or I'll pull up for a mid-range or I'll pull up for a three. Like, he's so versatile that that can happen. So I have the expectation of growth. I don't think it's as much as what the general public is thinking with Scotty, and I think as a fan base we should temper our expectations a little bit. Not to say that Scotty isn't going to be that guy. He can definitely average the the 20. He can, average, he can definitely average like a double-double this year. Like maybe that happens. You know, maybe there's injuries and opportunities arise for Scotty to do that. But assuming full health and assuming, you know, knowing also too the way that the Raptors are run, I just see incremental improvements with Scotty and, and that defense, that elite level of defense. And I think that's all you need to expect from him. And, and I think that that's completely, utterly acceptable. When you look at the
1: team last year, you know, obviously Fred's knees were giving out. Gary lost a step in the playoffs. Um, Scotty Barnes was hurt and hobbling his way through that last game. When we think about this team fully healthy, who would you pinpoint as the number one scoring option?
0: I think it's still Pascal.
1: Okay. And number two would be, you know, sharing the ball aside, you know, if if push comes to shove, we look at the stats at the end of the season, the number two scoring option, I still think to a degree is Fred.
0: Yeah. That's like, for me, for me, it was like, if we're talking maybe just average points per game, then Fred will probably be number two. Um, I think that the number two scoring option on the team should be Scotty. But in terms of points per game, when you look in the seasons wrapped up, Pascal will be number one, and I think Fred will be number two, and Scotty will be number three.
1: Yeah, especially because if the rumors are true that Nick Nurse is going to draw up a lot more plays to have Fred go off ball, mm-hmm. that is to open up scoring opportunities for Fred. Absolutely. Um, and they talk about, and you even mentioned it, versatility. There might be plenty of times that either Pascal or Scotty even bringing the ball up. Um yeah. so I I don't know that the leap into superstardom is necessarily going to be available for him mm-hmm. this year. Um and again, not a bad thing if he's averaging I don't know. What do you, what, I'm looking at the basketball reference right now for the projection. So 7.8 we'll call it eight rebounds. If yeah. he can maybe tick that up to 9 or 10, great, especially defensive rebounds, great. And points per game, 16, uh, I, I'll take it. It's almost a point more per game on average. If you go up to maybe 17, 18 might be asking a little bit too much. But given the fact that, like I said before, Nurse is going to limit Pascal's minutes, I guess, and Fred Van Vliet's minutes, I guess, those minutes have to go somewhere. And if Scotty Barnes is going to be playing upward to what? 35 more per game? kind of like last year, he might have those opportunities to be better. But yeah. I'm not necessarily expecting it, not that I think he can't, but again, just like Pascal, the conversation before him, I don't know that the opportunities are going to be available
0: for him. And I think that's a fair assumption, right? Like it, when, when you're looking at the hierarchy of the team, I think that's fair, right? And when you look at a team that's usually a garbage team, you look at their leading score the, the first thought is always, okay, well, if he's going to get traded to a contender, how much is he really going to carry over? Because he was the number one guy on this garbage team, but if he's going to be number two or number three on a really good team, does the increased efficiency of that team allow him to carry those same numbers over, or because of the lack of touches or lack of focal point in the plays that are being run by the new organization, is, is that player going to maintain or regress? And, you know, most of the times they regress because of the lack of opportunity. So what you're mentioning is it has to be taken into account. Um, and I think as of right now, injuries aside, it's still Pascal and Fred is number one and number two in terms of scoring. Like at the end of the year, it's going to be Pascal and Fred 1-2 in terms of points per game, in, in my opinion, right now. I would be surprised if Scotty Barnes naturally went up to one or two if Pascal or Fred didn't sustain any serious injuries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So but I uh, so I I think we both have the same expectations. I think that's fair. Look, Raptors fans, you can be excited for Pascal Siakam. Uh sorry, for for Scotty Barnes. Yeah, but of he's course. but he's not gonna surpass Pascal Siakam, is where I was trying to go with that. He's not going to surpass Fred Van Vliet. Unless there's a shift in a philosophy or an injury. And that's, and that's, this is year two. Pascal and Fred in year one were in the fucking G League. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's not forget that, right? Like, there's so much time. Let's be patient. I know we're excited. I get it. I'm excited. I love Scotty Barnes, but like, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, you know, even if, those
1: opportunities do become available to him without injuries. That mm. means he's amazing. That means something really good has happened. Yes. And I don't discount that possibility. We're talking about realistic expectations here. And when it comes to what I would like to happen, I always shoot for the moon. When it comes to like reasonable expectations, <laughs> you sort of got to scale it back and look at the landscape of the team and say, all right, you know, there are other players on this team that still have a much, much larger role in the offense. And that's not to say that Scotty Barnes can't potentially be the number two or the number one option. He right. might be able to be that guy. He wasn't last year. And that again, not a knock on him. It's just the way the team was structured. It's just mm-hmm. the way the team, um, you know, drew up plays. If he can be that guy in year two, then... This is a gem. This is a diamond. This is basically Giannis, yeah. or we can expect that to be maybe something like that in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I it sounds like we're being down on him. We're not. I I I welcome the opportunity for him to be uh, much better than he was last year, and he was he was still so good. But imagine if just one individual, like Scotty Barnes, makes that leap to twenty points per game, ten rebounds a game, two, three steals a game.
0: Amazing. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's it, again echoing echoing Adam's point as we kind of move on to the next player. We're we're not down on Scotty. We just have to look at the team. It's Pascal Siakam. It's Fred VanVleet. It's OG Ananobi, It's Gary Trent Jr. There's Precious, <laughs> who we're going to discuss next. Like those players are going to get touches. They're going to get opportunities and they're going to score because they're good at what they do. So that's not to say that that, you know, just because we're projecting a small incremental increase for Scotty Barnes means that we just don't think he's going to be a star or superstar player eventually. It's more a testament and an attribute to the team surrounding him. And the the talents that these players possess in terms of their individual abilities to put the ball in the net and get rebounds and, and make and make assists. So and, and play good defense. So, you know, the only thing that that Scotty Barnes can realistically individually controls his defense. Mm-hmm. So I still expect I still expect an increased at either the same level or increased level of, of defense, whether that's intensity and defensive IQ, whatever. And then we'll see what happens with the opportunities presented to him. There's going to be injuries and, you know, numbers will fluctuate. But in a perfect world, injuries are off in 2K and and, and no one's no one's getting hurt. You know, that's probably what to expect. Anyways, moving on, uh, I kind of buried the lead a little bit. Precious. Um, Let's talk about him because that player had a very down and up season. I almost said up and down, but it definitely was down and up a uh, completely different player in the second half of the year last year compared to the first half. And you and I had conversations about him going on throughout the entire year. And our collective mood had shifted. And there was a point in time where we were feeling the same. And then we were feeling the same, but it was on a completely different perspective of Precious. That level that he ended the second half of the season with, which was, to be fair, a for me and his, for what we projected for him, it was an elite level for Precious. Mm-hmm. Okay, Will he continue that level of Precious going into this season? Or do you expect him to regress going back to first half Precious from last season? Because there are two different players. First half Precious and second half Precious are two different individuals. So... What do we expect? What do you expect from Precious going into this season?
1: Improvement, right? Mm-hmm. It, to, to your credit, you were a believer way before I was. Um, mm-hmm. I remember within the first week or two of the season, I was saying one of the most, if not the most frustrating player on this team <laughs> Yeah, is Precious Achua. And yeah. you were saying something to the effect of, you know, give it time. Give it time. Be patient with him, with the big fella. Um he just looked lost. He looked glossy-eyed and just out of position, lost. And then the All-Star break happened, and I don't know what he did during that All-Star break, but something clicked with him. And in mm-hmm. the second half of the season, he was shooting more threes. He was getting more confident with the ball. Yes, there were still times where he would you know, be underneath and he would miss gimmies. Fine. But at least it didn't look as if he was lost. The effort was there. There was a the more intangible effort that I've noticed from Precious. Um, and he didn't back down. So I need to see that from start to finish from Precious. And I would be happy. This, I would consider an improvement based on the numbers, it would be. But I would consider an improvement what we saw in the second half if that was stretched out into 82. I'll take that that to me is an improvement and I think he'll be just fine I I it if we're gonna take a one game sample from the preseason and maybe this is Nick Nurse just using his wizardry and not necessarily having a set starting lineup I would prefer him to be in the starting lineup and I would prefer Gary to come off the bench um having a rotation when you have Coloco you have Boucher and Precious come off the bench that is a cluster um So I'd rather have one bonafide big man five center being precious start the game. Um, Maybe Nick Nurse will lean that way. Maybe it was a matchup thing against Utah or maybe fuck it. It was just preseason anyway. Who cares? But I think he's earned that right to at least start off as the starting a member of the starting lineup. You know, you can mishmash it however you want. But um, I expect an improvement. I expect more sound plays from him I expect more cohesiveness I expect more discipline from him and he showed it last year so I think it's fair to expect that
0: yeah I I mean I agree and and I think he's deserving of a starting spot so I think just for transparency you would have Fred uh, I'm going one to five here with naming off Fred OG Scotty Pascal Precious yeah yeah, I mean, defensively, that's an elite lineup. Mm-hmm. Like, one to five can defend you, can switch off a pick and roll, guard one to five basically. We saw Fred on the on the big men all the time. He's got that Kyle Lowry in him, right? Yeah. Like, the the intangibles that Precious was bringing to that raw ro- like. I think I think what Precious brings, like it allows guys like Pascal to play more freely. Right. Like they don't have Pascal doesn't have to worry always about getting the rebounds now because he's the five. Right. Like Precious has that level of energy that you alluded to that he's going to bring. And that's going to really help the rest of the team, knowing that Precious is going to at least exert what he can to achieve you know defensive rebounds or offensive rebounds or you know gritty plays and boxing guys out and stuff like that helps if you're a guy on the court and you know like that guy's gonna be a dog every time i step out on the court that matters with precious i think that he i mm, i think he may have tried to be a seven footer right Mm -hmm. like i I, and, and i think maybe he was trying too much of that in the first half because if you look around the team Okay. Well, Boucher is a seven-footer, but that that dude will snap at the rate that Kevin Durant would. So, um, he's <laughs> skinny, skinny, skinny. Oh yeah. So you you take a look, and he's probably going, well, well, shit. I got to be like, I uh, there's no bona fide. Side. like he's Ken Birch, but I mean, like, that he was coming in and out of the lineup. He was hurt and whatever, and he's like, I not getting those minutes. And he's probably going, well, shit. I got to be that guy. Right. And maybe in the all-star break the, the team sat down with him and said, don't be that guy. We don't need you to be that guy because what you bring to on the court is going to it, it's going to offset the, the height difference, right? Like we don't need you to be seven feet. We need you to be your height and we need you to play like your height because you will outwork everyone else. So for me, that's how I that's how I view it from a precious standpoint. I expect a sustained effort from him I think he's comfortable with the team he's got that year under his belt he knows that the coaching staff can trust him he trusts them they trust him you have to have that confidence and trust to continue building and I think that we saw that come to fruition in the second half so there was a lot that was unlocked I don't I don't think anything really changed so um, that's what I expect to be honest from from that uh, from that side for Precious.
1: He looked really good. Again, albeit small sample size one game. He looked pretty good and pretty confident.
0: And <laughs> Hey, U- Utah's a great team. Yeah, fuck off.
1: <laughs> no, he looked good and he was shooting threes. He was posterizing motherfuckers. Yep. He was he was good. I I think, you know, if we can see more of that more Precious, no offense to Cam. Less Cam. Um, yeah.
0: Hundred percent. That we need less chem, unfortunately. With there there's too many there's too many big men on the team right now for for Chem in my in my opinion. Like we talk about Christian Coloco, mm-hmm. right? Knowing the way the Raptors utilize rookies typically, you know, Scottie Barnes being an exception and stuff like that. Is that something that we really expect Coloco to make an impact? What do you think?
1: No, I'd be surprised if we saw him twelve to fifteen minutes a game. If we did something's up. Something's right. Something's up. Um They'll ease him in, maybe more towards the second half of the season. They'll maybe unleash him a little bit more. Um, But there's no lack of length already on this team. So I think they had the luxury to sort of ease him in. Um, And it's not like, you know, Precious was a lottery pick. Barnes was a top four pick. Mm -hmm. Um, So the expectations for them should be higher than Okoloko. And I I think you have the luxury to... Sort of be a little bit more patient with him than, you know, a, a Precious Atrua or even a Scotty Barnes.
0: Yeah, I agree, and 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 I th- I think that that's how it should be, mm. uh, regardless of whether it's the Raptors or not, right? Like to ask a still high pick, but to ask a second rounder to come in and make an impact in year one is probably a little bit difficult. So, um, Christian Koloko, while he's nice, looks nice, got the height and you know, he's he's got the the hops and the, the this and the that that we're looking for, you know, it's probably unrealistic to expect. Yeah, put it this way. Anything of the sort.
1: I mean, this is high, and given the state of the team at the time, and we can move on to the next topic, but given the state mm. of the team at the time, it's not an uh, apples-to-apples comparison, but um, OG and an OB is rookie year average 20 minutes a game. Um, I don't think we're going to see that when it comes to Coloco. The only reason why I put OG on there is because they were picked around the same um right. time in the draft. So yeah.
0: late first round versus early second round. Yeah, yeah
1: there, there was a a lot less overall talent. And I think you know, looking back on that, I think that was the bench mob year, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe that was the year before. Um yeah. but there there was a lot less um talent overall on the team. So maybe that's why Ananobi got those opportunities early. This team is loaded with talent and loaded with big man so it's a, it's a little redundant for him to mm-hmm. get upwards of 20 minutes a game i don't expect that at all
0: yeah i don't either uh 10 to 15 i think is is 15 max but i think i think max 10 is probably this the sweet spot for him yeah. yeah i agree um last guy on the roster i kind of want to talk about Otto porter jr sure uh we heard recently he's out a little while with a hamstring injury sustained that during training camp not a great start. <laughs> um, I mean, he's had injuries in the past and the concerns have been there. But last year he was, he, you know, I think he did a really good job of avoiding those injuries. Is this a cause for concern for you? And and we don't have to go into this in depth, but more just I want to touch on it because it's prevalent. Cause for concern, yes or no? No.
1: Okay. No, he's a vet. I, I, hamstring, quote unquote, injury. Yeah. I, this, he doesn't need preseason, does he? Yeah. No. <laughs> No, uh,
0: and, and I, I wasn't sure because I saw people on social media and they're going, oh, here we go again, Otto Porter, this, yada, yada. I'm with you, too. I, I think this is a training camp injury. This is a, okay, uh, we trust you to do what you need to do. If you don't really need to get involved in training camp, that's fine. Rest up. Yeah. Um, Figure out what you need to figure out here, and then let's get going for the season. I think you... I would be concerned if he misses like the first two games of the season and we don't get an update.
1: Then I'll be a little
0: bit concerned. I'll be like, okay, maybe something's up, but still, still got some time on that.
1: Yeah. We was season begins a week from Wednesday. Um, so yeah, I mean, I no use putting, you know, wearing out the tread on the tires if you don't have to.
0: Mm hmm. Agree. Um, Okay, look. Uh, one guy that I want to talk about that's not currently on the Raptors and that's been making waves on social media. I don't know if you've heard or if you've seen Adam. This this guy in Oklahoma City, in the armpit of America. It's called Shea Gilgis Alexander from the Hammer of all places, Hamilton, Ontario. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Rumors of the Raptors. That rumors are that the Raptors are keeping a close eye. On Shea Gilgis Alexander and the situation going on in OKC, close eye can mean a number of things. You and I know that, and there's a lot to unpack with that statement. I'm sure we'll we'll kind of get into it. Um, first of all, what do you what do you take away from that statement? And then after that, would you want Shea Gilgis Alexander on this roster? Noting someone's probably going to have to go, and and that note would probably be that. Fred Van Vliet's contract expires next season, which would be the timeline that would take for Shea Gilders-Alexander to be moved to Toronto, given his current contract situation.
1: Yeah, so for clarity, he can't be traded anywhere until June
0: 13th? I believe so. I I don't have the exact date, but it's something like that. Yeah. June
1: 2023 yeah. is yeah. the earliest he can uh, be traded. So mm-hmm. this is not a current season thing. Um, the obvious answer to whether or not I would like uh, Shea, Gildersack, Alexander is it yes. Of course. Really? Um, uh, <laughs> shocking.
0: Um,
1: my shocking. <laughs> I, I
0: tried to put you on the spot with that one. That's crazy.
1: No, nah, you, you're, you're giving me the hard questions. Um, my initial reaction is the Raptors don't leak. Um, I always go with the Raptors do not leak. And I think it's easy to draw that line of Canadian player, Toronto Raptors, obviously they're interested. Um, I think they ought to be interested if there's an opportunity to acquire him. I think all teams in the NBA, all the remaining 29 teams ought to be interested in acquiring a Shea Gilders Alexander if he's available to be acquired on the team. I don't know that, you know, when it comes to the cap and contractually, it fits in with what the Raptors are able to afford. If they are able to afford him, sign me up. But you're right, a lot of pieces are going to have to be moved. An OG and an OB can't be on this team. No. You might be able to keep Fred for one more year, but after that, he's going to have to go. Mm -hmm. Pascal Siakam is also in line for an extension I think in a year or two so probably write out the remainder of his contract and we'll revisit that's a future me problem you're looking at building Shea and Barnes and that is your core henceforth if this were to happen which isn't a bad thing at all carry Trim
0: potentially no I think he's gone I, I agree I think I think he's gonna want too much money that yeah. the Raptors can't afford not not to say the Raptors wouldn't want him I just think that with the way it's structured yeah deservedly be so yeah you know? deservedly so He's yeah. a great player um, we'll see what direction they want to go there that's, that's for that's for another episode but um, yeah I mean when I take a look at the Raptors I think the exact same thing as you look they don't leak ever the <laughs> Kawhi Leonard deal was done at three in the morning no one knew that shit was coming down right um or two in the morning or whenever the hell is done yeah um the shake goes alexander connection like you had mentioned makes sense i think he was recently quoted someone asked him where his favorite city to play is besides oklahoma city which is kind of a stupid question because who would want to play in oklahoma city right and he said miami and toronto he likes both cities and cultures um adds a little bit of fuel to the fire too like he's very proud Canadian. He's one of the like superstar players to not even skip out once on the Canadian basketball games that are being played for Olympic qualification. Uh, has a great working relationship with Nick Nurse in that regard. Yep. There's a lot of dots that connect each other well here in this web so from that perspective, I completely get it. And I have no doubt that Nick Nurse is probably going to Masai Ujiri and like, this guy is a stud. This is great for our business. And this is great for our team. It's a win-win for everybody. Let's try to get it done. Saying that, you can't add Shea Alexander to his current roster. If you want to do that, something has to something has to go. You talk about OG Obi. most likely he would go. And Fred VanVleet would most likely walk as a free agent, which is really interesting to think about because like two or three months ago, we thought he had an extension in place and now it's been crickets. So, yeah, um, I don't know what happened there and maybe we'll find out one day, but something happened where it seemed to have an extension in place, but there's no extension. So some of you may be sitting there going, well, he had an extension. Yeah, that's what everyone thought, but he doesn't right now. So this is currently the last year of his contract
1: uh no he has oh you're right a play no yes a player option next year you're right yes yes yes.
0: yes. that that he that he most likely will opt out yeah he'll
1: opt into the player option yes yeah
0: yeah exactly so um I think there there was a rumor like three or four year extension that he had like signed and that was reported on I think by one of the big guys like Chris Haynes or something like Mm -hmm. I don't I don't want to put names in in a report but so that that leads, you know, there's a there's a door that's open and it makes sense. Do I think it's going to happen? I would love for it to happen. I don't know. We'll see, because I know Sam Pressy on the other end is going to ask for the sun, the moon, the stars. And that dude is going to want a million picks as he normally does. He's going to want he's going to want everything basically for Shea Gildas Alexander. And, and how much are you actually willing to give up? for Shea Gildas-Alexander? Is he going to push Sam Presti to be like, put me there, I'm done with you, and I'm done with this place? Because it can happen. He can look around, and he said, I'm not, I'm not sitting around in a rebuilding year uh, with w- the rookie year of Chet Holmgren next year, because he's out the entirety of this season. Um, uh, Looking around, Lou Dort and Pokuszewski and Josh Giddy. like, yeah, it's a fun young team, but when are they going to compete? And when they're ready to compete, is Shea Gildas-Alexander going to be in his prime who who knows that that could be fucking four or five years away yeah right so he's so the timeline of the raptors makes more sense from that regard from that regard so for me i can definitely see it i think if he wants to be moved toronto makes the most sense from that side it just really depends on if he wants to be moved and what sam presti is comfortable taking back in a deal like this, because she goes Alexander is is a very valuable commodity in this league. Can't get him for nothing. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to figure something out if that's what we want to do. But um, again, like you say, future problems. So,
1: I am more comfortable giving them more, and this may sound counterintuitive. I'm more comfortable giving OKC more than I was willing to give Brooklyn for KD,
0: just for a longevity. You th- so, do you think then that Shea Gilders Alexander has more value to? The- oh, whoops. Sure. That Shea Gilders Alexander has more value to the Raptors than Kevin Durant.
1: I think Kevin Durant is a win now move. Sure. I think Shea is a we can build on this and still compete at the same time. You know, I I'm not worried about Shea getting traded here. We fall short in the playoffs, and and he leaves, and he wants out.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, but is that is that is that your is that your definition of of more value because of the because of the sustainability of the prime of Shea Gillis Alexander versus not having as much longevity with Kevin Durant, even though he may be a better player. I think the value that you're getting in a Shea is
1: it keeps things interesting. It keeps the team competitive and it allows the front office to have a little bit more patience to build towards a championship. Whereas with Kevin Durant, if you're trading for him, you have to win a championship. Now Mm -hmm. you have to do it. Um, Not just to keep him happy, but you can't waste these years with Kevin. Like what little, he might be past his prime. It, it, It might just be the downturn right now. Still very good, still top, mm-hmm. but I think we could agree he's past that prime Kevin Durant that we've seen in the past. Um, so if you're trading for a Shea, it gives you an opportunity. Plus the the pieces that have to go out. So we mentioned Fred Fred. O. G has to go in this deal. Yeah. He'd have to. Gary is gonna opt out. I don't see either Gary or Fred like entertaining a sign and trade. I, I don't even think you can, um, if they're opting into their player option or opting out of it. You know what I mean? Right, Um, yeah, I I get what you're saying. If they're exploring the market, I Mm -hmm. I should say. Um, I don't want to get rid of a Precious um, because I still want to see what's there and he's young enough that you could still build with him. So I'm not allowed to put this in the trade um, calculator or the trade machine because you literally can't include. So I don't know numbers-wise what would have to go out but if we're talking bodies that are more or less inconsequential, maybe a Malachi, OG. If you can convince uh, Gary to opt into there, he can go plus a plethora of picks. I'm talking four, five firsts. I think I'm doing it. That's a lot of firsts. I think I'm doing it.
0: It's a lot of firsts, man. That's Just a lot. Think Shay Shay
1: immediately replaces Fred.
0: If I if I'm doing if I'm doing all of those, if if I'm if I'm trading that, I want Lou Dort. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like like to like I'm not talking solo. Like I want him to come. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna trade four first round picks with Lou Dort. Let's get that right Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but um I would love for both of them to, to come here. I don't know what it would take, but knowing Sam Presti, that's probably what it would take just to get Shea. So I get what you're saying. <sighs> it's going to take more than Mitchell. Yeah, I hate that, but that's true. For, for For a number of factors that are here, because you're dealing with two of the most stubborn, greedy, pick-hoarding general managers... In the game, yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah. It's it's probably going to take that. Would I do it? I think that's that's something I have to evaluate in a year. Um, if it was available to me right now, would I do it? No, no. In a year from now, there's a lot that changes. It's another year of maturity with the team. Uh, we get a better understanding of of the trajectory of them. Where Scotty's going to be in this ecosystem. Uh, what's going to happen with Fred, Gary, OG, um, what our perspectives are of them. Precious, maybe he becomes an invaluable, like like a, a truly valuable piece that you are like, I have to be blown away to move. Yeah, uh, Delano Banton, maybe he takes a step and then Malachi Flynn, like you said, gets thrown into the whatever and maybe Coloco gets moved. Potentially like I'm just trying to think of young guys that we talked about the redundancy in that position. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Maybe a Boucher just to make the numbers match.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thought and in, in theory, it's great to have him, but we'll revisit this in a year. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about what we initially thought and when it gets brought up again, which eventually and evidently it will, when the time comes, we can revisit this, and we can say, "Are we comfortable giving up what we were willing to give up a year ago?" In this current moment, I like. I mean, I, I, getting nitpicky, I'd say like maybe like two to three first, but if it's like three to four or whatever, that, yeah. I, I know I understand that. I'm I'm just trying to like, it's it's going to take more than that. So if I'm if I'm throwing like four first. I'd I'd be comfortable with three. So it's like I'm what am I going to hold up a deal for Shea Gilders Alexander for a first round pick? Right. Like if I if I'm giving away already what I'm giving away in the names that we mentioned is probably what you're going to have to move to make it work just in terms of salaries, paper bodies, this and that. Is is holding back a first round pick worth it to to kill a deal like that? No, it's, it's not. So um, yeah, I would I would probably do it if if that if if bartering came back and forth and like that's what the final like take or leave was I'd I'd probably say yeah
1: so Masai this is going to be one of the first deals that Masai I say this not because of the overall evaluation of the trade I'm saying on paper quantity give compared to quantity get Masai is going to quote unquote lose this deal like he's going yes. to it's going to look like a lot and this is this yeah. might be the most aggressive trade if this were to happen that Masai would ever have to pull like this is not going to be a Kawhi kind of thing yeah. it, it's it's going to take a lot to and it's, yeah. like i said it's going to take more than what uh cleveland had to give up to get donovan mm-hmm. so i think in that regard you're trying to examine, not you, the front office is yeah, going yeah. to examine the landscape of the East and, you know, maybe Boston takes a step back. There you go, Matt. There's your slander. Maybe Boston takes a, sl- a step back because of the coaching change and we didn't even get into that. Uh, maybe Philly, our perennial choke art is still, um, maybe Milwaukee is starting to age a little bit and there's tread on those tires. They're getting weird, or worn rather, um, Maybe Miami, you know, the, Kyle Lowry is starting to show his age a little bit in no disrespect to Kyle Lowry at all, but the growth. Yeah, that team is getting, a little, I mean, they just gave Tyler Hero a massive extension, but, you know, maybe they're not as good as we thought they were going to be, or they're starting to age a little bit more too you got to examine the landscape of the East and you look at a team like Cleveland. And we talked about this last episode. Their trajectory before Donovan Mitchell was similar. So if they are similar or maybe their trajectory is a little bit ahead of the Raptors in terms of talent on that team, maybe the catch-up or to get ahead of them is to get a, a Shea. Maybe that's I, I the like, move. I
0: like that. I like that way of thinking.
1: You know what I mean? Like, There's a reason. Fred hasn't been extended, and yes. I'd like to believe. Even though I said the Raptors don't leak, I like to believe that GMs and presidents they talk, they talk, and maybe Presty slipped through the crack, saying there might be an opportunity for me to trade Shea, given what uh, Utah got for Donovan. Mm. You know, there might be an opportunity for this to happen.
0: I think they be. I think they be crazy not to explore it like they'd be doing they'd be doing their franchise a disservice seeing what was collected in utah from rudy gobert and donovan mitchell now the asking price is probably more similar to donovan mitchell than it is to rudy gobert especially given the position of like center versus sh- shooting guard and stuff like that like like the 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 mold just fits donovan mitchell more in I this disagree. circumstance
1: I disagree. I think what you're going to see out is, I agree with you in positionally. I think the structure of the deal is going to be closer to the Gobert trade than the Mitchell trade. Because I think Shea is better than Mitchell.
0: Yes, but I think that people are going to look and say that Utah got a lot for Rudy Gobert and the Donovan Mitchell trade was still probably an overpay. Right. Yeah. So, yes. So like both, both trades, Utah did quite well in could very well, <laughs> very, very well. Yeah. So, uh, Danny Ainge is taking that to the bank. He's laughing all day, but it's hard to have somebody like Masai Ujiri, Make a pressure move like that. I don't think it's right? pressure. I. It's calculated. It, yeah, it is. It is, but I don't think like I don't think that Masai Ujiri is going to give up north of five first round picks plus valuable players and prospects for Shea. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think if there if there's one GM that you cannot truly finesse. Because when you look at like the Rudy Gobert trade, that was that was a finesse, like that was Mm -hmm. that was masterclass work by Utah, and the Donovan Mitchell trade wasn't a finesse, but it was it was still an an overpay. Yeah, like you mentioned, Masai Ujiri is going to probably he's going to pay a lot, but it won't be to that. Like it won't it wouldn't be. In my opinion, it would be closer to the Donovan Mitchell value than Rudy Gobert.
1: In the Donovan Mitchell trade, body-wise, what was the centerpiece of that trade? Sexton, you would agree? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Comparatively, you know, here. Well, I
0: mean, I mean, it depends, it depends on how you look at it because um, they gave up their uh, rookie player, and I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, uh, Cleveland did, and that... Could be the centerpiece deal for Utah in terms of most valuable name or, or stuff like it's. It's probably Sexton, especially considering he signed the extension like the moment he went to Utah. So, from that regard, sure, it's probably Colin Sexton. But they they drafted or they they traded away the rookie player of Cleveland. I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but that's probably the value player or asset for utah just given where they are colin sexton just becomes a guy that you're going to invest money in you hope he rebounds and then you trade him for more picks <laughs> like that's right. like that's it for for utah they're they're not they're not hoping to build around this guy or whatever they just want to hopefully build up his value to a point where where it's asset management it's my key word asset management comes mm-hmm. back into play build up his value and trade him for more than what he's worth today
1: um obagi is the Obaji, i was yeah um that's it i think that's it's fair i i just think maybe now because of what happened with gobert and mitchell and the asking price for kd when you talk about these superstar players and we can you know, move, move away from this if you want. But when we're talking about superstar players and I believe SGA is a superstar player. And if he's not, he's getting there and we can take that to the bank. Maybe that's the price. Now, maybe this is the landscape. Maybe the, the, the tone has been set now. And we look, if, if we were entertaining, the idea of trading a Pascal Siakam, we would look at those two trades and say that's the asking price, and we wouldn't blink, and we would say that's fair. That's the it's that's disgusting. the game. That's the it's game disgusting. now. And think about how you treat dynasty football trades, fantasy football trades, or whatever you. If someone's paying, I, I just sold in the off season in my dynasty league two 2023 first for Cooper Cup, right? If and he was the WR one. Whoever the WR two is, you're saying, well, it's right there. The yeah. value's right there. I want first because that's the precedent that was set. Mm-hmm. So if we're if the Raptors entertain the idea of trading a Pascal Siakam after the Rudy Gobert trade, I don't think is saying, well, you know, I'll take a first, you know, a first, yeah, and a, yeah, 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 yeah. he's yeah. gonna no, look at that, that's the asking yeah. price, and he's better. He's better than Gobert. He's more versatile.
0: Where's a bum? Yeah.
1: He can do way more than Gobert. And you don't think he, you're going to give me that much? I think this is now what we're playing with, right? And this is going to go one of two ways. Either the Raptors are really, really calculating this and cerebral about it, and this is going to happen, and the cost is going to be expensive, or this is the Blue Jays version of Joey Votto. He'll come here someday. someday, <laughs> Say that Canadian boy will come does. here, and he
0: just never does. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's going to be the legacy here. But um, you're right. It's it's a fair point. Like I I can't argue. It's a fair point. I hate that that's the case. Like it's it's vile. It's truly disgusting. But you're not wrong. Like this this is the way the market is right now, and you you look at it and, and maybe they have a year where they kind of examine the team and they're middle of the pack or they're like even sixth seventh place like potentially play in team, maybe they maybe they get through round or whatever and they and they look and they go, you know how do we get better? Is it is it by getting Shea? Okay, if we want to minimize the overall organizational damage that this is going to do from a draft capital perspective or a or a player perspective. Maybe we move Pascal Siakam and then you try to use some of those assets or most of them to look to acquire like a Shea Gilders Alexander, you know, then mixing in and putting in different pieces and whatever. But at least your net loss is not nearly as much as it is by just looking to trade for Shea Gilders Alexander. All these things are definitely being discussed. And if they're not, and if they're not, I would be shocked because knowing the way this front office is they are examining every, every single possible scenario, even including trading with Scotty Barnes. Like you, you always have to look and see what is the value today for X, Y, and Z. And if we're going to trade for Shagos Alexander, how can we help to minimize the damage on this? Or do we just say, you know what? We love the team that we're with and we're willing to let these guys just go and, and whatever. And then, and then that's it. And we just take the hit. So, uh, Look, I'll, I'll put I'll put a bow on that. But, oh, hold on!
1: Last point. Last point.
0: Yeah, that's a, that was Did about to say. Do you have any closing remarks on that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear about the Westbrook almost trade? Yeah. Okay. Two unprotected firsts and Westbrook to Indiana for Turner and Heald.
0: Yeah, but Westbrook is the worst asset in basketball right now. I
1: get it, but two unprotected firsts along with that. Yes. To for Miles Turner and Heald. It's a win now. It's a win now move
0: and, and Indiana is one of the only teams that can take that is right? Turner not a rental um Turner would be a uh, Turner would be a rental but you're get like that's what I mean like you, you're you're looking to rental yeah yeah you're, you're looking just to change the assets around like, you have Patrick Beverly you don't need Russell Westbrook on this team. As much as you did before Patrick Beverly, which is crazy to think about. Heal is not a rental. No.
1: No, he's not. He's I'm got, just what, saying
0: two years? Two years left on He's deal? got,
1: including this coming year. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just think that's fair value, right? That's that's in line with what's happening right now. You're giving an aging as, uh, asset to Indiana, but you're also kicking in two unprotected firsts for a right. rental and a, a two-year player. Right. And I, right. Miles Turner's durability has been shot. I don't know that he can go a full season anymore. Right. So when you have those attributes, yeah, I think that's in line with today's trade landscape. And it's going to cost a lot to get Shea. But if every team is doing this, it's all relative. Right. It's like that's just the price you pay for a superstar.
0: Right. Hmm. i hate when you're right fucking danny Ainge, Um, man (laughs) i hate i hate when i hate when you're right but but it's it's a it's a fair point it's valid um i just hate hearing it but i'm sure the raptors have a plan they always have a plan they have a plan of action they know they know what makes sense and they know when to step away from the table if they're not degenerate gamblers like me so they they're they're calculated they're smart like you like you mentioned so i don't have any worries there um okay look i'm taking a look at the time running down and we got through a jam packed agenda today and still obviously as always run a little bit over time but on your end adam anything that we didn't discuss that you want to discuss before we bid adieu to the viewers no
1: no we still have um our official, you know, start of the season episode being uh, we're going to record that what, not this Monday, not next Monday, the Monday before yeah. the season starts. So that would be the 17th. Um, I believe that is Monday, the 17th. Yes. Um, So we're, we'll be recording that then release that later that night. Um, And we'll we'll just uh, what I want to do at that point is reevaluate the schedule after the Boston Celtics news and after the uh, Donovan Mitchell trade, because I think that may change things. We give us time to evaluate. And again, that previous episode was just sort of a pencil thing. So we give ourselves an opportunity to really examine the schedule and pin down a win-loss record uh, at that point. So uh, stay tuned for that. And other than that, I think we touched on everything. Uh, Probably not as much uh, Boston Celtics slander or Philadelphia slander or Knicks slander that we should have given but this is a Toronto Raptors podcast so uh, I'm glad we were able to do this after a a, an absence of nothingness in the Raptors community but right now things are starting to generate so it's good the slander
0: will come yes let's not let's 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 not put that to the side let's not think that you know my hatred for the 76ers (laughs) and the Celtics and the Knicks Knicks. Knicks is is not there everybody it's there i'm just put that to the side for now let's think positively about our team let's talk about our team Mm. for a little bit before i start deep diving into the other garbage organizations that are around these especially the next trash. um that will about do it for us uh like adam mentioned stay tuned in two weeks in two weeks time we will have the official season kickoff Uh, that's a good time for the slander because we're looking at the schedules and we're gonna say garbage, 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 garbage. Raptors are the best. <laughs> um, until then, everyone, please uh, make sure to—if you enjoyed the content, I mean, cause if you—if you didn't, I'm not gonna ask you to do this. But if you enjoyed what you heard, you think, "Ah, oh, two cool dudes. They got one's got a really nice voice, and the other kind of sounds annoying, but I'll put up with it." Um, meaning <laughs> me, the annoying guy. Uh, no, you were right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's me. Uh, uh, please, if you would like to do us a favor, like and subscribe to the show. It does really help us out a lot on all the channels. You can find us on all the major, major podcatchers around. So um, you have a better understanding, Adam, of where we're hosted on all those platforms. All of them. Every single one. Yeah. All of them. Except for SoundCloud. Don't yeah, find no. us there. No, no, we're not there. <laughs> we're not soundcloud rappers anymore but um until next time guys uh thank you very much for listening and we are out peace peace